Welcome, welcome, welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. And each week, we talk about what's going on in the world. And as we talk about that, I let you know my thing is this, about what's going on in the world. Again, I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. Stay tuned, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Welcome, welcome. Hey, this is Troy. Listen, man. It's just amazing the things that are going on in our world today. I mean, there's so much to talk about that I could stay on here for several hours just talking about what's going on. From the hypocrisy of Aaron Rodgers to the UN, which is not being covered, finding America, the United States of America guilty of human rights violations against African Americans to the mandates for the vaccine, the Virginia election, you know, just so many things going on in the world, man. And one of the things that I find interesting is we're living in a tough time right now. And that tough time is causing us to do crazy things. People freaking out about the masks, people freaking out about whether to get vaccinated or not. A couple of things about that the vaccine thing. And I'm just going to share this and I'm going to tap on one of two topics and I'm going to be out. I'm going to make this brief today. The first podcast I did, I got it in under 30 minutes. The second one I did, I kind of dragged on for about 55 minutes. So I'm trying to keep these things. I'm new to this. So, and I'll be honest, I'm trying to keep these things short and sweet, 30 minutes at the most, because I know, you know, we live in an ADHD, a built-in ADHD society now where everything is microwave, it's it's 140 plus characters or more, it's Instagram, it's click, 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 it's easy, man. And everything's just going so fast at a rapid pace. So I know people's attention span over time has slowed down or has gotten to a point where it's shorter than ever. So I'll try to keep this brief. But let me talk about the vaccine thing, man. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's a personal choice. And that personal choice is one that you have to make for yourself and it's one that you have to live with. Whether you decide to get vaccinated or not, that's totally up to you. That's your right. Um, but just know that not being vaccinated comes with some inherited risk. You know, not being vaccinated puts you at risk, number one, for catching COVID. And then you could turn around and not recover from COVID. You know, there has been several people that have just caught COVID and without the vaccine and just died. Um, it's a sad, unfortunate. And of course that, you know, the biggest wave of that was when the pandemic first hit in 2020, you know, March, February, 2020. And just so many people lost their lives. And so many people, you know, that was before they had a vaccine ready to go. And then once we got a vaccine in place, people were still skeptical. Well, what are they putting in the vaccine? There's a microchip in the vaccine that's tracking in the vaccine. The vaccine is going to alter your DNA. The vaccine is going to be worse than actual COVID itself. And so people were really mixed on it. I was mixed on it. You know, I started listening to the, the, the chatter and the noise, the conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And I had to really think about what does that mean for me? I'm a cancer survivor. I had kidney cancer, diagnosed with kidney cancer in 2014 and had my right kidney removed. So I got one left. Um, I'm also over the age of 50. Um, right now, I'm working on getting my weight down. I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And I've got like 30 pounds to go. I've already lost 20. 
uh, since September 15th. Today is November the 8th or 9th, and I've lost 20 since September the 15th. And so I'm just trying to get it off, man. I got about 25 to 30 more to go before I can get to a place where I feel comfortable, where my knees feel comfortable, and I think my body's healthy enough. Um, I've changed my diet, cutting out a lot of salts, try to cut down on the proteins, the potassium, you know, because my kidney levels are high with potassium and protein and stuff like that. Um, scheduled to go see a neuro- uh, nephrologist, kidney doctor, to make sure I'm good on that. I just changed my primary care physician, who's very thorough. And by the way, it's a female for my brothers out there. Ain't nothing wrong with having a female doctor. Uh, she's very thorough in what she does. My doctor for umpteen years, uh, a great doctor, uh, retired um, just this past spring, Dr. Cumberbatch. Shout out to Dr. Cumberbatch and Vivian and the team over there, Dr. Cumberbatch. Um, he's finally retired, and so I had to find a new primary care physician, and so I found a, a great doctor and Dr. Sloan, Linda Sloan. Shout out to Dr. Sloan. Um, and so I'm just going to follow her order. She's very thorough, very precise, um, and straight to the point with my health. So I, I, I love that. Yeah, she's a female. Some dudes don't like female doctors because they're not comfortable. You know, I've heard so many great things about her from my wife. I was like, okay. I was in search of one, and I just said, okay, I'll make it easy and go with some someone that someone that I know and I love is familiar with. So I, I went with her. But getting back to this vaccine thing, and so I'm also a man doing my best to follow Christ. Um, and I had to really take a step back and stop listening to the conspiracy theories and really put this into perspective when it comes to my faith, you know, um, not having strong faith or should I say, let my faith waver listening to these conspiracy theories had me in a bad place. And so I had to really reach out to God and really dig back into my word and really trust in my faith, uh, that he will protect me no matter what. And so myself and my family made the decision that we're all going to get vaccinated. And again, that's a personal choice. And if the vaccine that we receive, the two doses of the Moderna vaccine that we receive is going to cause us to have adverse effects or cause us to lose our lives, then where I'm at spiritually is it's the Lord's will. You know, we, we're not promised anything. You know, we can't go making plans tomorrow or next week or next month or six months from now, a year from now. Or two years from now, three years from now, we can think about it, but everything is flows through his hands. And so it's the Lord's will. And so I got the vaccine. But at the same time, I'm not begrudging anybody who doesn't get the vaccine. I don't begrudge Kyrie Irving for not getting the vaccine. Um, he made a personal choice. That's the personal choice that he's to live with. One of the things that I find very interesting about the vaccine and how it's being reported is there's a lot of mixed messages out there. The vaccine, from my understanding, is supposed to not stop you from getting COVID because you can still get it. But what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to minimize the effects and the damage that it has on your body. Now they got a booster shot that's ready to go right now. And I've heard a couple of people say they got it. And so I'm going to get in line to get my booster shot. Um, I got no problem with it. But as far as the conspiracy theories of people saying, well, what's in it? Microchips, DNA altering, stamping your DNA, all these other things. You don't know what's in it. Well, let me ask everybody this. Do you read the food labels of the foods that you eat? Go to the back of the food labels at the foods that you eat and realize that there's a lot of monosodial 
polysorb, pectin, kerosene, all these other things that are in the food products in addition to the carbohydrates and the high levels of salt that's in your food. And nobody really questions that, you know, as to why this is. You know, I read somewhere that back in the early 70s, you know, lobbyists really got up on Capitol Hill and really wanted to fight because diabetes was starting to come into neighborhoods and really, really, you know, really, really get to people because of the sugar. So they try to figure out a way, okay, well, we got to curb the sugar. We got to do this. We got to do that. And so they came up with this, what they call high fructose corn syrup, where they can pretty much extract some sort of sugar from corn. And then obviously, you know, our lobbyists on Capitol Hill being paid millions and millions of dollars by all these big companies, pharmaceuticals, food, alcohol, whatever you want to call it, lobbied to get this high fructose corn syrup as somewhat of a replacement for natural sugar or pure sugar. Well, the problem with that is, is that when all that process was going on, somehow chemical companies like Monsanto and all these other chemical companies went from producing chemicals, now got into the food business. So now the chemicals that we're receiving in our foods, or should I say the food product, the ingredients that we're receiving in our food now are chemicals now. So you got all these dyes, you got all these monosuncin, polysorbate, something, 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 as opposed to natural ingredients. And we're the only free country in the world that really has gotten into bed with I don't know if you want to call it big science or big pharmaceutical. You know, I, I watch I Am Athlete on YouTube. It's Brandon Marshall, Channing Crowder, Chad Johnson, and Fred Taylor. And there's this thing where, you know, it's Ocho versus science. And so Chad has always maintained, I've always ate McDonald's throughout my entire playing career. And he challenges Brandon Marshall all the time on the show about the science, about eating right, all this healthy stuff. And he's like, man, just live your life, man. Eat what you want, do what you want, put the work in, live your life. Whereas Brandon is really pushing that you need to watch out for your health. You need to watch what you're putting into your body and so on and so forth. And I find that interesting, right? Because we've allowed big pharma or big chemical companies to get in bed to be producers of our food. We all know that there's not enough chickens that can be naturally raised like they was back when our grandmoms and grandpas were just letting chickens run free in the yard and feeding them chicken feed and no other antibiotics or chemicals. We know we can't produce enough chickens in the amount of time we need chicken on our shelves. So what happens? You give them antibiotics, you give them steroids, so a chick can go from being born as a chick and what, a couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks later, it's a full-blown bird. And that bird then gets taken to the slaughterhouse, produces a chicken, and it goes on our shelves. So those things are, are what we're ingesting in our body. So when you go to a restaurant or you read the back of a food label, and I'll just cut to the chase. If you participate in this global economy of consumerism in this country, when it comes to the product we put on our backs, the product we use in our homes, then the food that we ingest in our body, you don't really know what's in any of that stuff. Everything is chemical blaze. And, and, and even the so-called organic companies have been busted from time to time. You know, Whole Foods got in trouble for falsely advertising organic stuff. And so you really, because everything is all about the money. So you really can't trust anything. So I look at this same way. You, you got to look at this vaccine the same way. You can question, well, we don't know what's in it. Well, do you know what you're eating? 
when you go to Copper Canyon, when you go to, I don't know, Double T Dining, when you go to McDonald's, when you go to all these fast food or re- fast food restaurants or sit-in restaurants, right? Do you really know what they what, know where they're packaging the food? All you do is you go in, get your seat, and someone prepares your food and brings it to you. You don't know what's going on back there behind the counter. The same thing with drugs and supplements. You don't know what's in really in Sudafed. You don't really know what's in the blood pressure medicine that you're taking or the diabetes medicine that you're taking or the cholesterol medicine that you're taking. You don't know what's really in that stuff. And if you notice, right, no, everybody's making a big deal about this vaccine and what's in it, but nobody says a word when a drug company advertises on television and they spend a third to two-thirds of the time telling you what the side effects are. And it's offering the worst side effects from these drugs. Headaches, nausea, diarrhea, internal bleeding. All these things are telling you what's wrong with this drug, but we're still taking a drug because they're obligated to put those side effects out there. And the side effects tend to be, the discussion of the side side effects tend to make up the majority of the commercials. And so people are like, okay, well, you know, I'll go ahead and take Embellifly or such and such or, you know, Cialis or... Viagra, you don't know what's in that crap. That crap could be getting you hard and then tearing up your kidneys, getting you hard or affecting your spleen, getting you hard or messing with your lungs. You don't really know what this stuff is doing. But again, you know, I digress, but it's everybody's personal choice. And I don't think guys like Kyrie Irving, who who have said I'm not comfortable no matter what he said about being a voice for the people, but just he's not comfortable, he has to live with that decision. If Kyrie Irving decides not to get the vaccine and decides that he wants to be around his family and they and he catches COVID and gives it to them, then, you know, that's that's something that he has to live with. Those It's his money, it's his life, it's his family's life. Those are all things they have to live with. Now, on the flip side of that, and of course, you know, well, let me go back real quick. Then you have people like Stephen A. Smith and everybody and other people tagging along, just crucifying Kyrie, tearing him to shreds. And then we have, he's a bad man, as Stephen A. Smith would put it, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just, and I think Shannon Sharp and Dr. Michael Eric Dyson on Shannon Sharp's show with Skip Bayless Undisputed summed it up best. And I caught the video on YouTube. I didn't watch the show. I caught the video on YouTube. And they pointed out how bad this was. Number one, he lied. That's the first thing. He missed, He lied. He did. He, he purposely lied and said, I was immunized. When everybody was asking him, was he vaccinated with the COVID-19, with COVID-19 vaccinations? He said, well, I'm immunized. So he lied. Then he goes and looks at Joe Rogan for this cheap science. And then when he catches COVID and it finally comes out that he lied, right? And kind of comes finally comes out that he didn't get vaccinated with any of the three vaccines, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer. Then all of a sudden he gets mad at everybody. I'm a cerebral guy. I'm a thinking, I'm a critical thinker. And then goes off on, basically blames everybody else, which people have said when they lose, he doesn't take responsibility. He always blames his teammates. So that's par for the course. Then he turns around and tries to throw a quote in there with Mike, of Dr. Martin Luther King and in reference to the woke posse coming at him. Then he takes a shot at Kyrie Irving. You know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer or a flat earther. 
what, what does Kyrie have to do with this? And then this dude is condescending, condescending, condescending. And I think the biggest thing, and, and, and Dr. Eric Michael, Dyson, Michael Eric Dyson pointed this out along with Shannon Sharp was he went and used a reference with Dr. King in this situation. And he's never stood beside Kaepernick. He's never stood up for anything dealing with civil rights or equal rights. And it's just bad all around. And then you have, you know, I, I just... Stephen A. Smith finally said something, but he had, but it was, it took Jay Williams to come on the show and challenge him to say something. Cause Jay was like, though, dude, this ain't fair. You've been crucifying Kyrie with all this energy. Give the same energy to Aaron. And, and Stephen A. tried to flip it and said, well, my energy was really you and I going back and forth with a heated debate. That's not true. There have been times where Jay Williams wasn't even sitting in front of you. When you give your own takes by yourself about Kyrie, how you dig into this man and get personal with him, call him selfish, and was beating him up so bad that Stephon Marbury had to step in and say, dude, back up. And then when Stephon Marbury comes at you, you get upset because he he, he basically calls you what you are, which is a non-athlete who never played a pro sport in your life. And then you get mad. You get tissy with him. Talk about the Vaseline incident way back in the day. Instead of going to, he's he's he redeemed himself and was the greatest thing in China for since Kobe, with a statue. But you go you but you go straight to the negative of, of Stefan and talk about him eating Vaseline and going through whatever it is he was going through mentally. You know, thank God for guys like Kevin Love and those and and, and Nick Anderson actually kicked it off. Nick Anderson, I think, was the first one uh, back when he was with the Orlando Magic that really brought mental health to the forefront. And then it kind of died down when Mitnick Health announced and took time off because he was suffering from depression. But again, I'm waiting for the energy for Aaron Rodgers to be the topic of Stephen A. Smith's conversation on first take for the next two weeks like he did Kyrie. It's only fair. But the chickens are coming home to roost for, I think the chickens are coming home to roost for Stephen A. at some point because you can't spend so much time just going after and getting personal with athletes of color. You can't keep doing that. You know, I noticed, you know, a lot of people really don't come on it. A lot of athletes really don't come on the show anymore, especially a lot of African-American athletes. And his ratings have been down since he got rid of Max. And you get rid of Max, and then Max gets rewarded with two more shows in addition to Max on boxing. So he's got KJM in the morning. He's got this is this just in in the afternoon. Plus, he's got Max on boxing. So, the guys you think was bringing your ratings down, you didn't click with, got rewarded by getting two other shows after you booty him off your show. But anyway, I digress. That's that's you know that's just the world we live in right now, and it's just sad that we got to operate like this, and it just boggles my mind. The other thing I want to talk about is, um. Where we are economically as a country, you know, we got the top 1%. And each day they're talking about such and such made X, Y billions of dollars, Musk, Bezos, Gates, all these guys is all super rich millionaires and so on and so forth. But I want to talk about one particular individual who I think is the anti millionaire or billionaire. And that's a gentleman by the name of Dan Price. I came across Dan Price on social media and I saw a post about him and then I dug into the article about Dan Price. Dan Price is a Caucasian gentleman 
who is the CEO of a credit card processing company, I think out in Seattle, Washington. And Dan Price basically did a Jerry Maguire to the business world or to corporate America. He did a basically, he, he didn't write a manifesto. He just showed it by his action. So Dan Price, and this will be what I talk about when I finish up here. So I got about, you know, maybe nine, 10 more minutes and then I'm going to shut it down because I want to keep this podcast to at least 30 minutes and not drag it on for you guys. This is the first one, one of the first few I've started and I want to make sure that I get a rhythm and, and stay consistent with it. But Dan Price, again, owned a credit card processing company out in Seattle, Washington. I think it's Seattle, Washington, or Portland, Oregon, or one of those places. Oh, I think it was Portland. And when the pandemic hit, his company took a hit. But before the pandemic hit, right, Dan did the unprecedented thing. He he did a Tony Shea. Tony Shea, rest in peace, was the founder and CEO of Zappos, right? The shoot the online shoe retailer, right? Tony Shea said, okay, well, I'm going to, he didn't necessarily do what Dan completely did, but he said, I'm going to give my people the autonomy and the space to do their jobs at the best of their ability. So he got rid of offices and put everybody in cubicles and allowed people to set their cubicles up any way they wanted. He had flexible schedules. He allowed people to bring their pets to work. People would often be on the phone. And he encouraged people to solve the customer's problem. Don't just give them a quick answer and get them off the phone. And it's been reported that some people have been on the phone up to eight hours with a customer helping them um, is how dedicated they were and what Tony's philosophy and culture was. So he was kind of like the first, but Dan took it a step further. Dan Price took it a step further. Dan Price said, I'm going to skirt my million dollar salary that I receive as CEO. Now this happened before the pandemic, according to reports. Then he said, Everyone working here, when they come to work here, they're going to have a starting salary of $70,000. And people are like, what? So when you go to work at his company, when you walk in the door, you're starting with a $70,000 salary. And so according to the article that I read, this just blew people away. He became anti-corporate America at that point. He became anti-greed. And he also took his million dollar salary and dropped it down to 70000 himself. It's like, wow, this is unprecedented, right? So then the pandemic hits. I think they're in Portland and I think all the protests going on in Portland really hurt his business first. And then I think it was the pandemic was really what did the damage. So they revenue went down when the pandemic hit and he didn't lay anybody off. And so the team, his people voluntarily dropped their salaries down to $40,000 voluntarily to get them through this pandemic. Now here's the kicker, right? So they all did. And then when the pandemic got, we got vaccines in place and everybody got settled, got their bearings and, things started to open back up, his business picked back up dramatically, right? And when his business picked back up, everybody went back to whatever their salary was, whether it was 70000 or whatever your raises are, 80000 100000 whatever those salaries were that those people dropped down to forty four, they went back to their salary. But Dan took it a step further. 
Not only did he restore their salaries, right? He also gave them back the back pay that they lost for the amount of times they were taking the $40,000 salaries. Wow. That's a CEO. So not only did he skirt corporate greed, he built a company with employees that will bend over backwards for him and will do anything for him pretty much. This is a this this starting salary of $70,000. He had several employees testi- t- uh, testify or give their testimony about it. I think it was one couple um, that, that talked about it and said, by getting a $70,000 salary, because both of them work for the company, they were actually able to purchase a home. They were actually able to save enough money, get rid of some debt, and purchase their own home. Yes, because of those salaries that Dan, Dan Price started everybody out with, starting them with $70,000. So that shows you that corporate, you can still be wealthy as a leader and CEO of a company, but you don't have to be greedy. So then you look around the stories of Amazon. Jeff Bezos is worth a couple hundred billion bucks, but you hear stories of Amazon workers only getting paid this much, that much, so on and so forth. In a perfect utopia, in a perfect world, right? The starting salary for any job in the United States, as wealthy as this country claims to be, right? And as rich as we got to probably the most billionaires in the world here living here in the United States. Definitely, I think, the most millionaires, too. And it's all off the back. How do they become that? It's all off the backs of people that do the work, the people that work at grocery stores, the people that work at Sands, the people that work at all kinds of jobs that we work at. It's all, and they're wealthy because of us. So in a perfect world, starting salaries for anything, whether you work at McDonald's, a restaurant, whatever, should be no less than $20, no less than $20 an hour. Because here's the problem. The problem is this, is inflation and cost of living keeps going up. But you got companies out there that still want to keep their people at these minuscule salaries, right? And I remember listening to Joe Madison, the mad dog Joe Madison, who started out at WOL up in Baltimore, and now he's on Sirius XM Satellite, channel 126 in the morning. I think it starts at 6 a.m. Check out Joe Madison on channel 126 on Sirius XM Satellite. Uh, it's the same 126, it's Urban View, the same 126 that uh, my favorite uh, host and show, the Karen Hunter show is on. I love Karen. But um, Joe had a caller call in, uh, what was it, last week. She was a mom. She's got two, I think she had two college-age kids. One of her kids was in college, I think community college, and working a full-time job. And I think the full-time job was at a fast food restaurant. So this is how greed, this is how this is an example of how greed works, y'all. Check this out. So they took that child's or that student's hourly salary or hourly wage from $8.50 to $10. So essentially, that young man or woman got a $1.50 raise, right? To bump them up to $10.50 an hour. But here's what the company turned around and did. The fast food place went around and did. So as soon as that person got ten fifty or got yeah ten dollars an hour or whatever dollar fifty dollar seventy five raise or dollar two dollar raise, they turned around and cut twenty of his hours, his or her hours back. So basically, 
this person is, this young man or woman is making $10.50 an hour, but they're only working 60 hours a week. So essentially, they're not even working. They're not even, they didn't even get a raise because they basically kept them at the same standard. So they raised their, they raised their hourly rate, which means they're probably going to get taxed a little bit more money, right? But it's not really a raise because you cut the hours. And so it, it evens out in the wash. See, this is the type of treacherous stuff these companies do and these companies have going on. And so, you know, it's interesting. You know, greed, you know, some people say greed is good. It depends on what movie you watch. But greed has never been good. You know, it's easier for a rich it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. This is this is in the word. You know, it's littered in, in the in the in scripture about gluttony and excess. Guys like Solomon and others just went overboard with it. And it always catches up with people. They may not catch it up, catch up for us to see it. It may catch up with them in their private time, on their last days, but it'll catch up eventually. But there's really no excuse for it. So shout out to Dan Price and his company out in Seattle <laughs> for taking care of his people and getting out the rat race of corporate greed. And God bless that man and the people that work for him. And so that's going to do it for this edition. This is kind of an impromptu. I like to do it weekly. I try to do it every Monday. But today is Tuesday, November the 9th. Um, I did one, and I think I got it published up to Anchor. Um, but tune in next week. Um, I'll have more fodder or more thoughts. Or my thing is this, which, like I said, I'm new to this, and so I've failed on this podcast to lift that up by saying my thing is this. I could have said that about the $20. I'll get better. This is my first one. I'm humble enough to own my mistakes and all that. And so hopefully you'll continue to tune in uh, for more content than I come up with week after week. I'll get better. I promise I will. And so I would like to bid you a further ado. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. Be sure to tune in next week. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. And remember, the next time somebody says something suspect, well, tell them my thing is this, because your opinion matters. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Have a blessed week, and we are out.